Kutsis. All right, dude. Uh, here we are with the podcast uh, yet to be named, and um, this hopefully will be episode one of the unnamed podcast. It is episode one. This is episode one of the currently unnamed podcast. Hopefully, by the time you are tuning into this mm-hmm. podcast, we have a brilliant name that shoots us through the ratings on podcast.org. I'm here with my best friend, Julian Gavilanist, and my other best friend, Stephen J. Libby. I'm Alan Stone. Thanks for tuning in. Um, Wow, what are we doing here? Well, I kind of wanted to talk to both of you two uh, and and myself about kind of how we got here. Yeah. Kind of like take us through the timeline of um, the... uh, when your tour ended while you were on tour and what happened to get to this point to be here out in Spokane, kind of stuck for the last six months. Um, so I'd like to go back in time a little bit, if you guys wouldn't mind, to talk to you about the experience that kind of led us to this moment um, so that we could kind of break it down for everybody that might be listening and they could kind of get on board and get up to speed with where we're currently at. Sure, we'll catch everybody up. Mm-hmm. For uh, the sake of continuity, for anybody listening who has absolutely no context of any of us. Uh, I'm a touring musician um, <clears throat> by trade. I usually am on the road about well, in between eight and nine months a year. Um, Stephen J. Libby is uh, my guitar tech uh, stage manager, uh, assistant. He's like a Swiss army knife of... Uh, occupations and we've been touring together for man what steve like if you include your tommy and the high pilots days we've been touring together for what almost seven years almost eight almost eight years yeah um so uh steve has been um incredibly blessed to uh, incredibly blessed to what work for you, Doug? <laughs> <laughs> to have the distinct pleasure of uh, waking up uh, either above me or below me on a tour bus. Um, and in March, uh, like most industries, or not most, but a good amount of uh, the entertainment business, definitely all of the entertainment business, yeah. and for sure all of the live entertainment business, um, we canceled. Uh, the tour that we were right in the middle of. I released a record in November. Uh That record's called Building Balance. And this was the headline tour to promote it uh, in the States. We were um, pretty much booked out all the way through to the end of this year. Mm -hmm. And it's all been canceled. (laughs) So, So what was the vibe prior to it? getting canceled where you guys building balance was kind of a big deal for you. It was a big record and you kind of had some momentum going with it. Were you guys like feeling good? Was the energy good? Was like, what was the tour like prior to this happening? Cause it ended and was, was it a different kind of tour than it used to be? Or was it, was it any, was there anything that was different about it? Um, I think every tour that we have done, we, uh, get better at, mm-hmm. um, we have an incredible squad of human beings that uh, travel together. And it seems like every time, for me personally, now I, I could be completely off base with this and you'd have to ask each individual who's on the trip. 
um, Steve, your oh, yeah, opinion Steve. would be needed after this. But I think every time we go out on the road, we get better at doing the road. Mm-hmm. So that to me would mean like the tour was going great. Steve, what, what, do you, what do you reckon? How did you feel the tour was in that stage of the game when we had to cancel? I think we were crushing it. We had a great uh, uh, pre-production rehearsal. Uh, we added a couple of members to the team, to the squad that brought a lot of fresh energy, which is super nice. Mm. Um, we had some younger guys out with us that uh, keeps us road vets in line, like re- reinvigorates us to mm. like uh, do do better, and because you're, you're mentoring at the same time as you're teaching. And I think we were we were crushing it when we were out there, man. We were flying in, we were flying out. The shows were super positive, super fun, great energy. Everyone was vibing it, and uh, I thoroughly uh, was enjoying myself as usual out there. Yeah, it's always fun. It's always a good time. And that's right. I, I man, it's been so long ago. It's all it's we're all the way in August, and we canceled that tour on. Well, we didn't cancel. We postponed, postponed. it. Right. And what's yeah, funny, yeah. actually, Steve, if I think about it now, we postpone the rest of the tour i was thinking dude this thing's gonna shake out by you know may we all kind of were yeah yeah so we we postponed the dates to august and literally we would be we i'm pretty sure we postponed the first date to be august 9th which is today (laughs) today is the 10th which is yesterday (laughs) (laughs) and uh this is pre-recorded it can be any day you want exactly yeah (laughs) so that that is pretty interesting to think about um because it is nowhere near shaking out i'm not sure when when if no i I definitely think things will eventually go back to some form of normalcy Mm -hmm. but i got no concept of when that's going to happen i thought i did but man the more i feel like i know the less i understand about this whole situation but to bring it back it was really nice to think back on those times and uh andre zapata uh, was was on base that tour. He was, we had done a tour together, but we'd never done a headline tour together. Um, and he's just a beast of a musician and a, mm-hmm. just a joy to be around. Super kind, super centered, not a not a party hound, you know, responsible. And then Griffin Wright uh, was playing the drums, and he was love that guy. He's the s- best squad dude. He's yeah. super squad. Same thing, straightforward, uh, centered founded um keeping you in shape oh my god the guy is a triathlete (laughs) i worked out with him i forget which town we were in and you know where it was it was in new haven one time he's like i want to come down to the gym dude and get some and he we had this circuit thing going where you know you do like five squats and then you do a round you know Uh and you do that whole circuit like four times you're, you you're not in puke, but chin-ups? <laughs> yeah. Dude, I did not realize how hard chin-ups were. Yeah, chin-ups are super tough. Do you do them front-facing hands or back-facing hands? I mean, it, it, it's a different muscle that you're stretching when you do it, but you're, I think you're meant to do them with your hands facing outward rather than inward. Okay. And so I... It's obviously easier easier with your hands inward. I did one. Oh yeah, that's I good. did them like this, just half and half in it. And and uh, bless Griffin's heart, he grabbed my legs and helped me go up so that I could get them. I I you guys, I could not do How one. Many, not one. And I couldn't do a single one by myself. What is that? What is that? Did that did that inspire you to do more? Or? No. Yeah, you didn't care. No, I haven't done a chin up since. 
Well, let's get a chin-up bar at your house. You just put them on the door and you just rock it out, dude. They're really nice. Yeah. I haven't had one for a while. I like those. The, it, it was definitely a, a full-body workout. You get those deltoids up and busting, boy. You know, I'm trying to rip rip some shirts Hulk Hogan style at the end of my shows. <laughs> so, so it sounds like it was going well. Your guys' tour was 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 kind of full steam. Make sure that mic's you in always your tell face. Me it was not. It was in. You sound super echoey. <sighs> yep. Go for it. Um, it sounds like you guys were kind of full steam ahead, having a good time. And I went to your New York show, which was probably one of the handful of last ones that you did. Mm-hmm. Did you? Mm-hmm. Did you pay for a ticket? Absolutely not. I've I've never paid for an Alan Stone ticket in my life. We um, know. Nor will I ever. Not never? because I don't want to support you, but I think I support you in other ways. So I just like I'm just not gonna ever I mean if I if you like made me, I probably would just not go. <laughs> <laughs> You're not I that mean, into it? No, no, I am into it. I just would. I don't. Maybe I would. I don't know. Yeah, like, we, would, we would never I, let you pay for a ticket. To I don't. Show. Just don't like. Yeah, it would be. It would just be strange. A strange situation. If it was like a uh, some sort of tribute show at the White House or something, right, right, right. You right. know, and I, I only had one guest list, and my mom was like, I really want to go. And I had, like, had you, I, I don't think I'd have the opportunity to go at that point then. You but know? if you came to but me and you were like, dude, I really, like, the the first, the president's daughter, I'm really Ben Jones in honor, I think I got a shot. <laughs> maybe, I, like maybe, I like how that's where you think maybe, that's the motivation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe, <laughs> maybe Chelsea Clinton's going to be there. <laughs> Super babe, actually. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> she'd wreck you. Yeah, um, definitely. Maybe, maybe K Logs, old Kenny Log Logs, mm. is on the bill, and you, you just, you're like, I want one more chance at that piggyback ride. Yeah, the I, restraining order is still out there, though. So yeah, I think you'll be yeah, able to. Totally. <laughs> I would, uh, I would probably pay for something like that. You know, it would be an investment for my future. I feel like <laughs> at that point. Um, yes. But no, I will not pay for a ticket to go see you, and I didn't pay for one in New York either. However, I think that's the show that you guys all got COVID from. If you I think did, it was, right? I think it was Philly, honestly. You probably. think it was Philly, Steve? Was I Philly think, before think, New York? Philly, Phil, after Philly was when people started showing symptoms uh, on on the bus, and it kind of trickled trickled down from there. Because Philly was after Toronto, was it not? Before it was before it was Toronto. Before. Yeah. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure we did Philly, and then we went up. Okay, hmm. I, I forget. I, I remember waking up in Toronto in my hotel room drenched now i don't have a i didn't get a test i don't have a positive anything i didn't uh-huh. get an antibodies test i didn't get a covid test but but you got sick i got really sick yeah <clears throat> not really sick i got a flu uh-huh um and which i get a flu on every tour right. literally every tour i do i get a to i get a some sort of sickness while you're on tour always while i'm on tour and, and you play i play through it yeah, gotta. Wow, yeah, plays through. Yeah. Most most of us get sick after the tour because your body's kind of telling you to like keep going and your energy's right. up, and then you get home and you're just done for. That's what's usually that that used to happen to me when my adrenaline my adrenaline would take me through the tour, and then after we'd wrap the tour, I'd get home or go on vacation with my family, um, and just like clockwork would get sick for the whole time yeah. and just be miserable yeah. and then after that week was over i'm i would get right back on tour so right 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 <clears throat> um but yeah got sick uh good um, what probably 75 percent of our bus was sick at least right 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's just a, it's a petri dish, it's a giant container of circulating and, hot breath and sickness. Right, and we all make out every night, of course. But this was this was uh, during the shows, or this was after you. No, it was stopped. during the shows. We had a week straight of shows that I mean, I, I, in, for to get ready for the shows, I would uh, do a Wim Hof, then a vocal warm up, then another Wim Hof. Then I would take a five-hour energy. Then I would jump in a hot shower and then turn it all the way to... This is the middle of winter. Mm-hmm. Turn it all the way to cold. Um, and then I felt pretty good after that. But, uh, it, man, it was tough. There was a few nights where I was like, I'm going to black out on yeah. this stage. I can't imagine what that must be like to be super sick. and have. I mean, we went on a tour once, and I, I never actually got sick, but I just felt so worn down. Night, night after night after night, thinking yeah. at the, in the afternoon of a show night, there's no way I'm going to go be able to do this. Now, I don't do it regularly like you guys do, so I didn't have that experience under my belt. But I was really scared a lot of times because I, I just genuinely didn't think that I was going to be able to go out and give this type of energy. How do you... How, how do you what what you said like your process for like showering wim hoffing and breathing and doing those things but like you got to psychologically do something for yourself to just like it's adrenaline i assume well i think i always i always attempt to try and get back you know cuz there's definitely moments in a tour where you are completely and now steve's been a touring musician where he's been on stage and right. so he understands this and when you were doing it steve you guys were banging it out you were pounding the pavement and you were sleeping in like a like a cargo van yeah we were we were putting uh about 300 days on the road and uh just an econoline 50 passenger in a trailer just sleeping at walmart and stuff man for a few years yes savage oh yeah for a few years yeah we got our van up to about i think it died out about four hundred and fifty thousand miles those econolines man yeah yeah that's insane. And so you guys knew that uh, coronavirus was a thing. It was a. It well, was like something that was that was being talked about in the media. So we knew that it was something. You just didn't think anything of it because things were still open. Well, yeah, it was. I mean, I've been. It's been a tough situation for me with any form of media mm-hmm. in the last yeah. five years of my life. Sure. To one, I don't pay attention to it because it's just all opinion polls and a bunch of people shouting at each other. And I don't, I, rarely do I see any legitimate journalism happening on the major networks which you would pay to MSNBC, CNN, Fox News. It's just, it's all opinion pieces, which is kind of annoying to me. I would prefer to just get the facts. So I wasn't even tuned into the news. I mean, I don't really, I might read the headlines on my on my uh, news app on my phone, but I'm mm-hmm. not, it's not like I'm, you know, really dedicated to some sort of uh, news cycle. Um, obviously we knew that some, some sort of uh, disease had come out of Wuhan and they were starting to see some cases of it and some positive tests come out of Seattle. Yeah. And that's what I remember. And then, um, we we all kind of were feeling gnarly, and we had a, what's called a rock doc. Uh, essentially, doctors who are on call that will just come to the venue if you need, you know, I mean, <laughs> to me, it happens literally every winter. I get some sort of 
problem with my with the flu or my adenoids swell up or mm-hmm. I've got bronchitis or something. I just need to sing every night because I've, I've canceled one show in my life. Right. And that was, we got like, we couldn't get there in time. Mm, I remember. Like our flight didn't work. Um, so, yeah, to me it's, you don't cancel shows. I mean, I always kind of rest on the, on the thought of people like changing their entire life to, to be at this thing, yeah. right? You get a babysitter, maybe you uh, paid for the dinner, you paid for the parking, you bought the ticket, you showed up early. Um, it would, it's like an act of God for me to cancel a show. And so a rock doc will come to the, to the show to help you just get better. Mm-hmm. And uh, this guy, we were in Cleveland, and he came to the show. We were all just feeling barf, barf. Yeah, and uh, he jammed one of those fun things up my nose, and um, we, you know, you you got to take the test to the lab, and then a couple days later you get the results back. So uh, a couple days later, both my influenza A and influenza B tests came back negative. Um, he didn't test for COVID because we didn't have COVID tests in America at that point. Yeah, so. Uh, at that point, I was like, well, <laughs> so I don't have the flu. Um, I definitely got something. Uh, and then two days later, we canceled the tour. Flew back home the next day. Well, some of us did. So, well, shit. Yeah. <laughs> talk about it, Steve. Talk about, what you, talk about what your experience was with that. What did you have to do? Were you stuck out there? Uh, we did what uh, we... Basically, the crew buses back. So from wherever we were, um, I can't recall. But Memphis. Memphis. We were in Memphis, and we deadheaded all the way back to Orange County to unload the gear. And then um, myself and the goat, Carter Adams, drove a U-Haul with all the backline equipment from Orange County to uh, Spokane. And the whole time i mean again this covid thing was definitely out there and we all had the symptoms but they're very common symptoms across the flu scale right the whole trip home i just listened to npr the whole drive and it was a bunch of doctors talking about expectations and trying to control this and basically just going we have no idea honestly but this is what we're working on. So that was the news that I was getting, which I trusted a lot more than, again, CNN or Fox or whatever, you know, app, BuzzFeed, whatever. And uh, we we all just kind of went through it um, differently, and some of us were hit really, really hard. And uh, definitely a shout-out to the guys in the, on, in the camp because, I mean, the crew was like Tim, Tim Burke, our production manager, man, he was – in the thick of it and he's just like i'm toughing it out and he loaded the whole trailer himself basically and just sweated the thing out of his body because he's a hero and champion wow. amongst the because you know the show must go on like al said we don't we don't cancel shows we we get in and we do the do the job but all of a sudden it just stops we couldn't <laughs> it, we, we couldn't on like an ethical board and management and everyone had a discussion and it was just like you guys we we can't do this. But this, it was this but, is a pandemic. But but it wasn't even like a conscious choice by you guys. You had to stop. Uh, well, you would have. Eventually, we would have been we forced to stop. Yeah, we probably could have done like two more shows before I think we were legally required to stop. Um, but you have to understand that uh, the day before 
the NBA had canceled their season. Mm -hmm. The Olympics had postponed. Um, I think like Coachella had it was South by yeah. South by had canceled. Like all these big events were paying heed to this situation. And one, I mean, you don't you don't want to endanger people that come to your show to like patronize your music. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, and you yeah, know, it's just it's not a good look, right? If people are you you. you I think at that point we just weighed the options and thought, you know, it feels like the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was irresponsible to stay out there and amass gatherings of 2,000 strangers to touch and share drinks and do the thing, you know. Yeah. It's not right. Now, be honest. Given that you guys are lifer musicians on the road doing this thing, was it almost a relief or was it awful just overall? Well, you go first, Steve. In my opinion, I was. it was awful because I was – confused i think we were doing a good job again we were looking forward to a whole year of uh of work and, and bringing the show around the world and uh that excitement turned into confusion for me personally going like what's happening around the world and then mm. um and then i just started to slowly accept the fact that it's it's more important to flatten the curve and uh and so this this thing we do for a living and for fun and for joy and for our souls can come back safely sooner than later. And, uh, you know, the world's changed forever, in my opinion, on that as far as outlook goes. And hopefully uh, we can get back to it soon. But I think it's it's more res more important to be responsible uh, for everybody else than it is to be selfishly wanting to do what I want to be doing right now. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I think there was a part of me because I just felt so crappy. Because it was physically, yeah, physically, I was just—I mean, we were all just worn down. Yeah, we were. There a was a fan. there was a level of relief that happened because I think we were just all exhausted. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, and not because the tour was exhausting, but literally because we were all in the throngs of what I personally believe was COVID nineteen. I right, Trevor right. got a test, and he—I'm pretty sure he has the antibodies. He has the antibody, yeah. Um, and Sam Henshaw, the uh, direct, direct support. support of our squad he uh was quarantined in memphis as the tour stopped He's, he lives in london so he had to quarantine before he flew over <laughs> That'd be crazy yeah and he he it. tested positive um a few a few of the guys from uh andy suzuki and the method tested yeah. positive yeah. so without a legitimate paper saying we tested positive it right. felt like um did. we we most likely did mm -hmm. so we've established that you guys Canceled the whole tour, basically yeah. made the conscious decision, but we're going to be forced into having to make that decision one way or yeah. another. Yeah, dude, COVID-19 was the ultimate cancel culture. Mm. <laughs> nobody, nobody was saved. All, Our all culture was canceled. All culture was canceled by COVID-19. Yeah. What a little savvy B word. B. Um, so what, what do you do? What, how do you... How do you adjust right away? Like, what's the first feeling that you get going, having to like do just 180 pivot from what you were doing? You just go home. You just basically go home. Like the next move is all right. I guess I'm just yeah going I mean, home. I uh, I don't know. I mean, I think right now we're trying to find that pivot. Still, like six months later, I think. Um, you know, I've had some ideas cooking up for a long time about how I can um, pivot 
a couple degrees so that, uh, you know, obviously, you know, that I'm not sure the audience is aware, but I just had a baby boy um, in March of 2019. And uh, uh, I got married um, the September previous to that. Uh, spending 10 months a year on the road doesn't sound as rad at this stage of my life as it did when I was 24. You know, it'd be great if it was like seven months or six months, right? So in order to do that, I think you have to attempt to try and, you know, slingshot some sort of idea into the future and go, well, that might be able to keep me home, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I think this is part of it, uh, the Live at the Lodge uh, thing that we are doing is part of it. Just from like a more immediate uh understanding of where you were when it all stopped like you, you hadn't pivoted at all you just had to kind of accept that you were coming home and were like okay now I'm now I'm in this new situation for myself that I wasn't planning on I was planning on being out in the road I was planning on you know making the income that I needed to provide for my family that you now have yeah. and now you're now you're not now there's nothing right. for you and so you just basically are on a flight home thinking well i think immediately and i i'm not sure but i would imagine that steve would echo this is immediately it was like this is a hoax like yeah. for the first two months i was like tomorrow somebody's gonna get on mm -hmm. television that we trust which obviously there is no leader currently that anybody trusts um and they're gonna tell us hey we we made a mistake we got a little excited everything's cool go do your thing i was kind of convinced up until at least man at least april that that was going to be the situation and um i think just n kind of in the last month or so i've been like oh this is this is probably the new normal yeah we're we're gonna be more of a wearing face masks for a long time i think yeah. um so I, yeah, I would imagine my immediate reaction and my my immediate. I didn't think that I was gonna have to 180. I thought, ah, oh, well, it, it'll be fine. We'll shake out. We'll postpone these shows. We'll be back at it in August, and uh, and obviously that's not the case. Was how, was that your feeling, Steve, when we canceled it, or were you just kind of like, I'm so sick, I'm trying to get home. <laughs> uh, I was definitely sick and ready to be home. Uh, I definitely think. I was very aware and, and woke to the situation of that this is a very serious thing. Uh, much sooner than April, it was definitely like kind of right away because of how drastic the dominoes were falling everywhere. Mm. I mean, around the world, it was just domino, 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 domino. And just statistics alone, I mean, just because it didn't affect me directly, it's pretty low over here in Spokane. Uh, the, the initial, I mean, everyone in Seattle was getting sick, man, going to the hospitals. They were all full, overwhelmed, you know. Uh, first responders, thank you again. And uh, it was definitely just a really surreal realization of uh, people getting hurt, you know. And, mm. that, and that's always very uh, frustrating to to your spirit and going like, oh, my God, how can I help? And the best way to help was just to not affect anybody else negatively, I think, for me personally. Were you guys mad Hmm. I mean, it's obviously like a, a global thing. Like it's not, you can't, you can't prevent it, but I imagine I would be mad. I would be, I'd be like, 
I don't know. Well, you tell me, man, because your life upended too. You're an actor in New York, and but 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 my life's so much more inconsistent than yours is. Where I'm, I'm an actor, but I'm doing jobs three or four times a year, and they they take up one month out of the twelve. Now I'm auditioning all the time. I'm doing a bunch of different things, but like my lifestyle wasn't upended. I just kind of stayed home more than I had been. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going outside and going to, you know, the next the next uh, booking. I was a gym. I wasn't going to the gym. To, I was to, doing the gym inside. So that's Julian, can I ask you the so for for me out here, you know, Alan went home to his beautiful family and I think that's nice and I'd like to talk about that too. Quit again? Yeah. Just hit record. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I'd like to get to Alan's take on that. Um, but for you, Julian, I know for me, my psyche, you know, I live out in the woods, so isolation, I don't think had such a psychological effect on me as it might have someone who lives in New York, mm. you know, like the energy around you is obviously crazy and, um, so alive, you know, the city never sleeps kind of thing, right? Where yeah. I'm, I'm just me and my wife just hanging out. Like that's just what it was. Yeah. So for you, that massive energy bubble you live in to just be totally popped like what was that like on your psyche yeah i i I was already in uh kind of in in the direction of moving towards a more independent lifestyle for myself as it was trying to be a little bit more like i was finding the introvert in myself so by the time this all happened i i used to not be able to not be around people for any period of time throughout the course of the day or night and so I had been working towards making that more of a thing for myself as this last couple years had happened for me and so you know it 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 was really weird because people were calling me and asking me is everything okay in New York it seems crazy out there everything's wild and there's everything's burning down and I was you know just in my house immediately the, I didn't know what was going on nobody knew what was going on it was just like I, who knows I don't yeah. I'm just I'm just stuck in my house with my best friend Steph and we're watching movies and hanging out we're trying to get outside we bought some bikes and tried to get outside more than anything I was I was just kind of I was just kind of sad that yeah. you know I don't know if I'm going to be able to see you guys or my family or cuz cuz I'm so far away from them being in New York and having them be in Washington state that when am I going to be able to see these guys again? When am I, will I? And again, thinking like this is a hoax and trying to like juggle whether it is or whether it isn't and not really knowing what's actually happening, but kind of accepting that. And, and I'm kind of a, uh, inherent optimist, I guess. And so we'll always try to find the good in situations and not allow myself to get super upset. Uh, but I didn't, you know, I, I, my lifestyle wasn't on the I didn't have something that was going 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 like you guys had so it's so much it's such a different question for me is I honestly and I felt a lot of guilt saying this but I felt kind of good I was like this is really nice because now I don't have to go out and audition every day Mm. now I don't have to be a slave to this thing that I've created in my life which is being an actor and I felt kind of liberated by that in a in an in a ter- terrible way because I recognized that people were dying and 
this virus was a real thing. Mm -hmm. But I turned to creativity and started just like doing all this. Yeah, I was gonna say, what did you what did you put your uh, energy and your focus? I just started. I I have this. I just got this need to kind of create things, Um, and so I started this uh, kind of like creative experiment for myself where I put one piece of content out every day during Mm -hmm. quarantine. Mm -hmm. Um, and I called it the quarantine chronicles and it was basically to give myself permission to fail and to look stupid Mm -hmm. and to not feel precious about art because for so long I've felt that way about what I've been trying to do. Um, I'm not where you guys are at. I don't have an established career as an actor. So I get, uh, um, a lot of my identity is based in like what I have or haven't done yet. So I'm just like, and, and the things that I get to do aren't necessarily super inspiring to me because they're like these TV gigs or they're, the, you know, these commercial gigs that you're doing for a paycheck and for, you know, a resume builder. And uh, I just really wanted to kind of take hold of my own creative life and do something that I felt compelled by. And so I went, I was making these things every single day, whether it was playing guitar and singing a song or doing a monologue or, um, uh, you know, going out into the city and meditating in the middle of Times Square Mm -hmm. and kind of just Mm -hmm. documenting all these things. Mm -hmm. I did it every day for like 35 days Mm -hmm. and it was so great. I enjoyed Um, it. It brought me joy. Yeah. Yeah. I think it brought some people joy, you know, I was doing like dance parties in the streets and including other friends and stuff. And it was really nice because I I think I just had to, I had, that's why I asked you guys if you guys were angry because Mm -hmm. maybe subconsciously I was, and I was just trying to like push out some type of positive energy of myself that was like, that was in there because I knew that the world was feeling really upset. And it was interesting mostly because I, uh, you know, was putting this content out on my social medias and I was noticing that I was losing followers because some people, di- some people couldn't deal with it. I think some, and because none, none of it was like, look at me, I'm going to be creative and fun and have the best time of my life. Uh, maybe it was, I don't, I don't know. But a lot of people were, I think, I think some people like to, to be miserable. I think some people like to be sad. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's definitely easier. And yeah. And 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 I recognized that, like, whoa, this is actually, like, offending people that I'm trying to live a really positive lifestyle right now right. Um, in the midst of all of this. And But it was the only way, it was yeah. the only thing I knew what to do. There was a lot of that out there, too, though, with people, you know, just, it was, like, working out and doing all these different things. It was, you know, trying to put out positivity, but at some point it was kind of just annoying, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I didn't know, you know, what, what to do uh, besides wake up in the morning and say, okay, what am I going to do? Take my camera. It was a, it was a right. good way to you right. know, learn how to use my camera. I've been kind of inspired by Alan and all of this camera stuff that we're using here and everything that he's been doing. So I was like, oh, if this guy can do it, so can I. <laughs> um, so, so it was good. But, yeah, I, I just wonder, you know, like it, it, it's really easy, like I said earlier, like, and you just said it. I said, you know, people, some people like to be miserable. Some people like to, to be, to be in that place, in that headspace. And I said, it's definitely easier. And, uh, I just wonder if you guys felt that way with yourselves after coming home from having to cancel something like your tour and be, be here for, yeah, I kind of jumped back and forth, I think. Uh, and obviously can't speak for Steve, but I go from total terror and fear, and anger, and uh, confusion, 
to total elation mm -hmm. and complete joy. Um, I think for me personally, with with my thing and like the music universe that um, I've been so uh, incredibly fortunate to put together and, and to formulate around me, sometimes that ball and that snowball gets rolling down the hill and you can't stop it. You know, I haven't stopped touring since, since I was 23 years old, like pretty much right after we met. I jumped in my Cutlass Buick 1987. Shout out to GMC. <laughs> Bring nice. our jobs back. You know, just kidding. Um, and I haven't stopped. And um, I mean, specifically since that uh, the Brown album came out, my self-titled album came out, and the live version of Unaware from my mom's living room. Like we, I haven't stopped touring and pounding the pavement. And I've been incredibly fortunate to do that, but. But man, you get, it's like you get exhausted. You get exhausted from the gravity which pulls you back in because you've got, <clears throat> um, you, just, you just always want to move forward and keep pushing and keep going. And you, and you know, at times you can feel like, well, I got all these other people that, that um, I support now, not only my family, but also the people who work in my crew and the, you know, the guys who play in my band and my managers and my agents and, um, and that ball can get rolling down and you can't, it's not like you're going to raise your hand and be like, you guys, I need a year off. Yeah. Like you're just not going to say that because you're going to, the rest of the world is going to keep going. The rest of the world is going to continue. All the other artists that like, for some reason you're afraid of losing your fan base too, which is ridiculous. It doesn't happen. But I think you, at least me personally, I've kind of had that natural tendency to go, well, if I'm not out, selling tickets and and singing for people and making songs and making music videos and creating content and um then somebody else is going to do it and they're going to and it's going to pull away this glorious like attention that I've gotten from a fan base and when covid hit pop obviously and and I go back and forth and back and forth because god I miss singing in front of people I miss playing live shows I miss hunking and dunking around with my good buddies in a tour bus and and you know making fart noises with my armpits and mm -hmm. that's a blast that's like a really fun thing to do um and so i get pissed for sure but then i also get back and i'm just like oh man like everybody had to stop we're all now at the same place right i think that's such a weird thing to to like <laughs> feel a sense of relief from everybody's feeling this. So it's just like, no, not well, that. No, I, mean, I, know, I, feel, I feel that too though. Yeah. I, go ahead. Go not ahead. that like, I don't feel relief because everybody's had to stop. I feel relief because I've been able to stop and I've, and I'm not like handicapped by the fear that if I don't like keep pounding the pavement and playing shows and making money and yeah, then right. my entire uh, music career is going to go away. Mm -hmm. Now, just overnight, my entire music career went away and I didn't have anything yeah, yeah. to do about it. So it's like, it's a weird sense of relief. And it's also given me the space to be a father, which is super For cool. Sure. I've watched my, and I wasn't going to see my son's first steps. Yeah, You know, that's how gnarly the schedule is. And that's, and obviously like I'm in control of it, but, but at the end of the day, like there's pressure there. 
There's totally. definitely pressure there for you to continue to make money and for you to continue to support not only your music and your art and your craft, but also the people who have helped you get there, you know, your crew, your band, your management agents, et cetera. Um, and I've been, you know, this whole scenario has given me the opportunity to be home. Uh, I've, <laughs> it's hilarious. Me and my wife, like, we've, you know, you get in a few tussles. Mm like married people and people who live together do. And after they settle, it's like, oh man, we, we have to remind ourselves that this is the most time we've ever spent together in succession. Like since we met, we met in 2014 and it's been like I, potentially the longest I've been home in one like consecutive time frame has been three weeks, I think. Wow. Um, and so, you know, learning to be a husband in a different capacity, you know, not learning to be a husband through FaceTime, but learning to be a husband who's like coexisting and cohabiting. Yeah. That's like a different thing that this has allowed me the opportunity to find. Um, it's allowed me the opportunity to, to become a father and learn that trade because it's not just like being a father is not just making sure you call home every, of course, right. you know, four hours, like being a proper father is not just providing and having food on the table. Like being a proper father is waking your ass up at six and changing shitty naps. And, um, so yeah, I'm, I think I'm finding a lot of joy and elation out of that as well as like getting the opportunity to hang out with two of my best buds and try and like cultivate and create things that people can enjoy and that Mm -hmm. people can be stoked about and can hopefully bring some positive um, feelings to potentially people who are stuck at home, who aren't working, who are working, just like Mm -hmm. bringing joy through this incredible instrument called the internet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's interesting because I feel like, and I wonder if you guys feel the same way in that, and you know, like the the shackles have kind of been broken off of our ankles as far as like this. I certainly feel it in my life out in New York. Although I love to do what I do out there, I feel like I'm a slave to it. And mm. I've like, I've gotten this momentum with it and I'm, and I'm going and I'm doing it. And, and I don't know how to stop. I don't know how to take breaks. I don't know how to go on vacation. I don't know how to come home for my mom's birthday when she's having them, you know, like, I don't see my family. I don't, I don't do much other than the thing that I'm doing. Yeah. And it's not until you take, not until you actually stop, not until you have the absence of something else to be able to recognize like what it is because you have perspective on it. And through this break, through this absence of whatever career I had and the, the obvious career that you guys had, um, it's, it's really, it, it feels like, a huge weight has come off hmm. for me. And I don't like to say that because I know like the weight is stacked on a lot of people. Um, but, but, but I think just in, in being able to break away from the, uh, the, the expectations that I have put on myself yeah. to do what I do. I mean, it's totally possible to, for two realities to exist at the same time. I mean, just because, and my heart goes out to the people who have been dramatically affected by this. I mean, we've all kind of lost our jobs in reality. Mm, totally, for sure. So I think we, we're probably not, we're not near the top of the list of human beings who have suffered from this situation. I'm not going to ever play the martyr, but um, we've definitely been affected. 
and but it's I think two realities can exist at the same time. I think something can be totally awful and totally relieving all in the same capacity. Um, specifically a pandemic, I mean, because it's all individuals interacting in their own life. And obviously your heart can go out to the families affected far more severely than you, um, while also being like, man, I've, I've, just, I've rekindled my love for drawing. Like this whole situation is, man, I learned how to make kombucha, Steve. <laughs> and I make a whiz kiz of a kombucha. I throw a little yeah. vodka in there, you know what I'm saying, with a little, mm, little umbrella. Boy. Sippy, sippy down, yeah. dude. I hang upside down from my little <laughs> chin-up machine. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's great. I, I feel like uh, you, you, the three of us have, have really, um, you know, tr- made the most out of this situation and have have turned ourselves around in the midst of something that has really kind of stopped us from actually being able to do what we have been doing for so long. And it's kind of beautiful in that, you know, it's great that you have the resources available for yourself to be able to come up and like create this live at the lodge space and, and to bring musicians on, but to even just do it by yourself and to keep it going and to keep the thing alive. It's, but it's like, it almost seems as if it's a necessity for you. And it's not, is it even, is it like, is it a necessity or is it a, I know it's both. It's a desire for you. You want to be doing it, but like, is it like this need because like it's coming out of you as like like an a need to create like, or a, yeah, or a yeah, need yeah, yeah. No, to have a, a job and no no like a need <laughs> to create <laughs> like my I, yeah. rent. I'd say well, yeah. either or sure <laughs> well I don't know. you go Steve you're about to say well I'd say for me you know you 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 were talking about pivoting towards uh, like creation in isolation and then uh, from and then the anger aspect and I don't think I was ever angry I don't think that'd be the right word for it but I was definitely feeling incredibly anxious uh, for purpose. Mm. Mm. And that was totally. really that was really frustrating and in my head. And uh, I would have a lot of self dialogue and go like, "How do I identify myself with purpose now? Not just as um, a, a good partner um, and a good person and all that in my daily life, but uh, what was I going to focus on?" So that pivot towards cultivating this live at the lodge, it was I think for Al and I um, a way to be together be creative find new strengths find weaknesses and all that stuff and i think that focus really brought it home for me that just to make the best of the situation that i'm currently in and uh, luckily i have a you know you two good buddies now and uh, i'm glad that it kind of coalesced to having you out here for a little bit julian and helping us with this and and again it's all it's all a grand experiment uh, <laughs> uh, of our of ourselves and um just having fun with it and i think that's bar- brought a lot of joy for me now that we're you know episode like 19 of the show mm. and i think it's been it's been a great way to focus um and not distract myself in an unhealthy way mm-hmm. yeah good call man i think uh, i think it's pretty safe to assume that we're all pretty purpose driven human beings and so to be able to pivot in a way that allows us to kind of tap into whatever that is, to repurpose ourselves for something like this is, um, is, is so important and, and necessary. Yeah. And hopefully fun. Hopefully fun. I mean, we've, we've gotten in, we've gotten in deep. We've, we've talked about the nitty gritty this, this go around (laughs) and, uh, there'll be, 
there'll be there's going to be all different kinds of things to explore 100%, on this podcast for sure. We're going to I mean I, my my hope is that we can just continue to have conversations about it. We can shoot the shit whenever we want to about how, what we want to do and how we want to do it and the the silly stories that we've cultivated throughout the course of our lives. Mm-hmm. And we can laugh and bring guests on and talk stupid mm-hmm. with them and have mm-hmm. the best conversations, but I don't know. I I felt uh really compelled to kind of catch Anybody who's listening to this up to speak yeah. with, with you know yeah, your life um, and what's going on because because there's been a lot of people that have been like, well, last time I saw you know Alan and Steve was uh, in Memphis and I don't yeah. know what's going on. Since what then. happened to them? What right. happened to those farts? You know, <laughs> did he get rid? Did, did Alan get rid of that terrible goatee? <laughs> <laughs> um, anybody still listening at this point? Thank you so much for checking this out. Yeah. Um, we we currently are like we said in this entire show in this podcast we've been working on a on a good pivot on a on a John Stockton three point stance, pivy piv. Um, if you'd like to help us and you want to support Live at the Lodge and this podcast and everything we're attempting to try and do creatively, you can you can check out our, our Patreon page. It's kind of like a, a, a monthly subscription where you get extra episodes of this podcast. You get behind the sheens of uh, Live at the Lodge. You get set lists. <laughs> you get signed merch. You get T-shirts. You get coffee mugs, man. You, the, the possibilities are endless. So check that out. It's in the description. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. Jules, thanks for being here. Steve, thanks for running the sticks. Yeah, bud. This was episode one, boys. We have done it. (laughs) Oh, my God. Next up, Mariah Carey. Oh, man. I was thinking of Ferris Bueller. (laughs) That would be a get. Um, (laughs) I'll make some calls. Yes, Steve will make some calls. Uh, Tune in next week. We love you. Have a good one. Stay safe. Stay blessed. And stay tuned. Oh, good one. Mm. (laughs) Bye. How good's this?